Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdstall. Mr. Birdstall, how are you? I am. Hi. I'm well. Can you uh, maybe increase your decibels a bit? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm giggly today. I'm very, I'm very giggly today. Is it because the Rangers uh, beat the Capitals? Well, yes, that is one of the reasons. LGR, fuck Al Kovechkin and fuck Tom Wilson. Yep. Well, it's good to know that you're that you're doing well. Anyway, regardless of your of your vol of the tone of voice and volume that you're speaking, well is relative, Adam. It is. Uh, but anyway, we're bringing back an old segment. One quick question. One quick question. I love it. Be more you, musical you, here on the podcast. You should clip that. I should clip that. It should clip be a that. Job. Someone clip that shit. That could anyway. be that could be the, the little uh, the little entrance um jingle that we use for, for one quick question. One quick question. Uh I'll see what, I'll see what I can do. Beautiful. Gentleman and a scholar. Anyway, we haven't really had a lot of time to do one quick question because we've had so much to talk about. And you know, later this month is gonna be the NFL. The NFL draft. We're less than a month away. Yep. We're less than a month away. Uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who has submitted questions. We have a lot of them, and we will be, I believe, the show after we wrap up the draft, after we do the end of draft discussion and looking at certain things that immediately pop off after the draft, we'll do a full mailbag episode. We'll empty this puppy out because we have so many questions. Uh, for people that are just, you know, wondering about certain things. It's nice to see that people are caring about uh, fantasy in March. So thank you to that. So this just question, like us. just like us, exactly. So this question comes from Shane. This is, in, and it's actually very timely considering what we are talking about. And it's actually a very nice transition slash lead in into the first team that we are talking about. And Shane asks, oh boy. With all of the uncertainty surrounding Deshaun Watson, where are you taking him in drafts? I guess I so I guess the question is if you are forced to take Deshaun Watson, where would you take him? Because me personally, I'm not taking Deshaun Watson, not with all of this. Me neither. I I would not want to have that kind of uncertainty on my fantasy team, especially at a at a position like quarterback where you could be picking where a guy that's normal that normally goes pretty high in drafts as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, I think he's going to fall like a rock and you might, if the, if something happens where this, all this stuff gets either dismissed or he settles it, he's allowed to play uh, for part of the season. Then you could be getting to Sean Watson at like a massive, massive value. But at this point, I'm not even, I don't even want to take Deshaun Watson or even think about taking Deshaun Watson at this point. I think that I probably wouldn't take Deshaun Watson until like maybe the middle. I mean, not like the middle, uh, the double digit rounds if I had to take him, Cause I think for a lot of people, if you're in a league with people that know they're on the up and up that know what's going on. And if we don't have a resolution on this with Deshaun Watson, 
And, you know, we're going to talk about this in a couple minutes. We probably won't as stuff just keeps piling up uh, against him. I just don't think that people are going to be so keen on taking Deshaun Watson with all these allegations. Shane, take Deshaun Watson where he's going right now, which he's going in the seventh round. That's great value. That's great value. Um, I mean, personally, I have questions about the legitimacy of these accusations. Me personally, um, obviously, you know, they should be looked at with severe care. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not doubting these stories by any stretch. But there's just something that, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't seem kosher to me. If that makes sense, it's just something about it just doesn't seem right to me. Um, I have Deshaun Watson as my number six quarterback. I haven't changed him. I haven't moved him. I know the NFL is doing some digging. I know the Texans are doing some digging. Deshaun Watson's legal team, obviously, they're working around the clock with this. For now, luckily, we are in March going into April. Well, we will be in April by the time this airs. Well, we're in April. So by the time mid-August comes, I would think that we'll have a better idea of what the situation is surrounding Deshaun Watson. For me, though, listen, I'm going to take him still where he's going. I'm going to take him in the seventh round, and – I'll be okay with it. And if you think you can get him at at a cheaper price, then you go ahead, you go ahead and do it. I know that uh dynasty startup drafts are coming fast and furious. I know there's some leagues that I know that do dynasty drafts literally right after the draft is done. So normally how you would do it is you have your rookie draft and then you would do uh your waiver draft in August. I know a few leagues that just do the draft all said and done in a month. They'll be drafting May 1st when the NFL draft is is done and dusted. That's where I would have a little bit of nerves if you're going into one of those drafts where you're not really knowing where you're going to trade or take Deshaun Watson. The, the other side to that is if you're in Dynasty, because I show love to my Dynasty players. I, I love my Dynasty players. Great people. If you're in Dynasty right now, and there's someone that owns Deshaun Watson, and they're nervous about all of this, send them an offer. Send them an offer. If you have, it's quite possible that you could swing something like a, a lower-level quarterback for Deshaun Watson, just buy him low and just hope and pray that this speculation around him is is not true. Because if it's not, and he plays, you have Deshaun Watson, and you're sitting pretty. Regardless of where he is, whether he's in Houston, whether he's in Carolina, whether he's where wherever. So, yeah, it's... um. I would still take Deshaun Watson where he's going, but obviously, you know, there are there are multiple avenues which you can you can try and work out Deshaun Watson in his current 
value right now in terms of where you draft them, what his trade value is, and, and something like that. It's just about gauging, if you're in Dynasty at least, gauging the owner that has Deshaun Watson and seeing you know how nervous they are. And odds are they'll play hardball with you. If they do, then just say, okay, I'm, I'm not interested in this and let them let them panic <laughs> i guess um honestly like i was saying before the reason that i'm thinking about waiting as late as i'm going to be waiting in drafts is because i mean i can because yeah. people like i said if, if people know if you're if you're drafting with with like maybe one or two people that are inexperienced they'll be like well i and they don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I don't know how they wouldn't know because basically it's been plastered all over every sports site uh, over the internet. But if they, for some reason, don't know or they are more optimistic than most about uh, Deshaun Watson's situation, like, well, I can I can take him in like the seventh round or t- take him where he's going currently. But I can wait as long as, as, long as I need to, really, because – uh, like we've seen in our mock drafts, I feel like I say this every every episode or every other episode. There's so many quarterbacks that are late that pop up later in our mock drafts. They're like, "Wow, this is really good. I cannot believe that he that this quarterback is is in this position." Two quarterbacks that we're talking about today, in fact, uh, that we love to talk about as undervalued, underrated quarterbacks: Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz. Um, if you're going to take Deshaun Watson, I think something that you didn't touch on, if you're going to take Deshaun Watson, you better have a fucking good backup. Mm. Yeah, that's true. If you're going to make that leap, if you're going to take that leap, you better have a plan. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, well, I don't think he did it. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson and then be caught with egg on your face and your lad in your hand. I believe the phrase that we used on Tuesday. Or Monday, whatever whatever day the episode came out was, do not get caught with your pants down in the launch line. That's correct. We do not endorse getting caught with your pants down on the launch line. Correct. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. I will give you the option, Adam. Do you want one more? One quick question? Yes. Or do you want to go into the division previews? Oh, yes, I do want one more one quick question. Beautiful. It's beautiful because I was going to read it out one way or the other. Two All quick right. questions. This is two quick questions. Yes. We need to two change the jingle. Questions. So this one comes from Dan. Dan asks, if there's one player in the AFC South with the biggest bust potential, who is it and why? Don't say Deshaun Watson. Don't say Deshaun Watson. Don't say Deshaun Watson. Let's let's <laughs> let's say Deshaun Watson is out of the equation. I'm kidding. The AFC South player with the biggest bust potential. That is a fascinating question. I mean, I know who it is for me. I think I know who yours is. Derrick Henry. Oh, I thought I was gonna say AJ Brown. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the one because I just feel like. You're going into this, I don't want to say dark hallway because it's not a dark hallway, but this this hallway that you know can lead to imminent doom 
Is Deshaun when, is Derrick Henry the new LaShawn McCoy? Where it's he like might be. He's gonna be he's gonna break down eventually and he just never does. He might be. But the problem is you have you have this guy who's an absolute freak. Don't get me wrong. But look at all the things that he has against him. Okay. He doesn't catch passes. Number one. Number two, he needs to be absolutely game script dependent. So basically the Titans need to be winning games quite comfortably for Derrick Henry, or at least be closing games for Derrick Henry to get the usage that's required to get the most out of him. My overall philosophy when it comes to running backs is I am all for guys that are going to catch passes that have safe floors and relatively high ceilings. Derrick Henry has one of those. The high ceiling. I don't think Derrick Henry has as great of a floor as people think. Because the, I, how many times have we seen Derrick Henry put up seven, eight, nine points? That's not good enough. I'm sorry. I, that That's just not good enough. And I have, I've had people tell me I am nuts for this the so-called, quote, anti-Derrick Henry crusade that I go on, I feel like, every year. It just doesn't make sense, at least to me. Yeah, I get it. The guy, the guy is the size of the Eiffel Tower and runs through lines like it's his job. I understand that. It is his job, by the way. I just can't get behind and tell, to, tell people, myself included, to draft somebody that literally their floor is like rock bottom. Because you you know he'll get you carries. He'll get you the volume. Check. Biggest thing fantasy with me, volume. He has that. He'll get you the yards. He's a pretty efficient runner. I'll give him that. But then what happens after, after that? Say we, we've seen him go against dominant defensive lines. We've seen that happen. Look at what he ha- what happened against Baltimore in the playoffs. Derrick Henry got completely shut down. Completely shut down. I believe, oh, who was it? Who was it that said it? I believe it might have been, it was, it was Ryan Clark, I think, said that Derrick Henry struggles when he's going up against men on the defensive line of teams. And he's right. He's right, and the, the stats prove it, that when Derrick Henry goes up against better opposition with better defensive linemen, Derrick Henry's numbers do take a bit of a drop. Luckily enough, the, the, the opposite side of that coin is they're in the one, two-yard line. Derrick Henry's getting the ball, and odds are he's going to punch it in. That's, that's the plus side. Actually, you're kind of right. I mean, against Buffalo, yeah. against Buffalo, he had 57 yards. Uh, this is last year. He had two mm-hmm. touchdowns, though. Against Buffalo, he had – Yeah, well, Buff- and Buffalo's run defense is probably the worst part of that defense. Yeah. And he still only put up 57 yards. Two touchdowns, great. But 57 yards, that's that's like – that's nothing. Uh, against Pittsburgh, who has a pretty solid defensive line, uh, 75 yards and one touchdown. The best run defense in National Football League, Pittsburgh. Against Cleveland, 60 yards, no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
well, against Green Bay, he had 98 yards and no touchdowns. And against Chicago, he had 68 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. And, and that's most then, of his sing, most of his double-digit rushing yard performances. His other one was look against up, Jacksonville. And look up what he did in the in the playoff game versus Baltimore. Derrick Henry had 40 yards against Baltimore. That's a big yikes. On 18 carries. Here's the here's the math that goes against Derrick Henry. And I was going to say A.J. Brown, but now that we're here, we're talking about Derrick Henry. Let's talk about Derrick Henry. His carries are incredibly concerning for me. His past three years, he has had almost 1,000 carries. Past two years, he has had 681 carries. And in 2018, he had 215 so that's around 900 and change. Could be a thousand touches. Well, I'll say that. Well, let's just look at Derrick Henry's schedule for this year. He's got the Cardinals, solid defensive line, the Bills again, Chiefs, Dolphins, 49ers, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. That's all at home. Then away, he goes to New England. Hit or miss. The Jets. The Rams. The Seahawks. The Steelers. Then Jaguars, Colts, Texans. That's gonna be, this is going to be a true test. A lot of those road games are going to be tough. Right away. Right away. I see the Bills. I see the Chiefs. I see the 49ers. I see the Rams. And I see the Steelers. Those Honestly, the Jets have a games, pretty solid right. run defense. Also. And and we'll look at the Colts. Look at the Colts too. So right there, those are seven games out of a possible seventeen. That that's weird to say. That's really weird to say. Seven out of possible seventeen games. That's if you're used to it. Yeah, I gotta get used to that. But that's seven out of a possible seventeen games where you could be talking about. You know, I, I don't want to say hesitancy because that's not the right word. But you're not as inclined, let's say, to slam Derrick Henry as an automatic start in DFS or in uh, in season-long fantasy. It's true. And by the way, let me qualify. Sure. Uh, those touches, the, the, uh, the carries that I mentioned, those were only regular season also. Mm-hmm. So if you include playoffs, it's probably around 1,000 carries for Derrick Henry over the past three years. Like when did the wheels fall off? Yeah. All right. So we've talked about enough about Derrick Henry. Adam, who is your bust before we go and start talking about the AFC South? Well, I was going to say AJ Brown just because of injury concerns. And now that he's going to be the guy even more so in Tennessee and teams are going to focus more on him because basically all of his friends, all the weapons aside from Derrick Henry, um, are gone. No Corey his, Davis. His best friend. No Corey Davis. No John U. Smith to take away coverage. Teams are going to focus on A.J. Brown if they're not focusing on Derrick Henry. And I think that A.J. Brown has durability concerns, of course. He's a great, great receiver. Don't, let, don't get it twisted. He is a great receiver, but I just think that he's in a position where he might not do as well uh, this season. 
I think it's a great pick. I think it's a really great pick because I think now, as you know, Adam, you you said so eloquently, you are gonna see AJ Brown get more double teams with no Corey Davis, with no John o. Smith, with the front seven really focusing on trying to stop Derrick Henry. I mean, who else is there? that's really going to strike fear into the eyes of the opposing defense. It's, it's not going to be Khalif Raymond. It's not going to be Michael Pruitt or Anthony Ferkser. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more double coverages from defenses going up and trying to stop AJ Brown. And that could hurt the Titans as, as a whole. So Adam, I, I love that pick as AJ Brown being uh, a potential bust. I mean, I have him as a top 12 receiver, but I think that he's the one that I definitely feel the most uncomfortable about. So it's a very, very good pick for you there, Mr. Castor. Right. So let's talk about the, oh boy, the AFC South. And we're starting off with Houston. Well, we, we, we talked about the shot Watson. Yeah, but there was some news that broke. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday and it's coming out on Thursday. The news that broke is that Deshaun Watson, there were two new lawsuits filed against him. And it said that Deshaun Watson, quote unquote, unsent uh, DMs on Instagram. And these lawsuits is alleged are alleging sexual assault. And they're also alleging that he has unsent some of the messages on Instagram to some of the, uh, the victims in question, the alleged victims. So... I mean, that's kind of the whole, that's the cloud that's hanging over the Houston Texans among many clouds that are hanging over the Houston Texans. Yep. And I mean, we talked about Deshaun Watson at length at this point. Ad nauseum. Yeah. So we can kind of just chill with it. Yeah. For a second. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing really else to say until we know more facts. There's nothing that we could say right now in terms of, uh, in terms of Deshaun Watson. Okay. So let's talk about the running backs. I mean, the running backs. Uh, 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 the running backs don't inspire confidence. Uh, God, it's such a mess. Oh God! No, 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 no. I mean, it's uh, this is one of those things where you don't hear about this. You don't hear people saying this but I feel like this is probably one of the worst places that Philip Lindsay could have gone. Oh, it, 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 it just might be. Phil Lindsay's like, I'm just back. I'm back in the same situation that I was before. Yeah. Just swap out one overpaid running back for another. Yeah. Um, I mean, out of the three, I have David Johnson, the highest. He's my 32nd ranked running back. Philip Lindsay, I have at 45. Mark Ingram, I have at 53. Yeah. That's all I need to know. As you mean, you're not know. you're not gonna be drafting a Houston Texans running back, you know, as one of your top two or three options. You're you're just not. I mean, are you even gonna be drafting a Houston Texans receiver at this point? No. No. I mean, who's the number one receiver? Randall Cobb? Is Brandon like, Cooks a free agent? Oh yeah, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks too. I was about to say. Forgot about my friend Brandon Cooks. Ah, uh, poor guy. I know. I played in two. I played in the Super Bowl. 
I played in two straight Super Bowls, and now this. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I have as my number 31 receiver. Uh, Randall Cobb, I have. I just got to find him on my sheet. I have Randall Cobb as my wide receiver 69. Nice. My wide wide receiver, receiver nice. My wide receiver, nice. Randall Cobb. And then the next after that is Kiki Kuti at wide receiver 78. So I can tell you that fantasy pros has Brandon cooks at 35 and they have Randall Cobb at 73. Okay. And then Kiki QT at 89. Oh, did you see this? I what just saw it? a little, uh, little pop-up on my, uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Balage signed a one-year deal with the Steelers. Interesting. My boy, Kalen Balash. He's not. Jets had him. Jets had him. Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze's boy. We we don't. We have to cleanse everything that has gone, that has Adam Gaze's stink on it. All my homies hate Adam Gaze. That's true. It's true. <laughs> we have to be like Kyrie Irving and just have some sage, and uh, burn some some sage throughout the Jets facilities. True. You should you, you should use your uh, your WFAN press credentials to uh, go into MetLife Stadium and use some sage on uh, on the Jets sideline. Yeah, it's. it's oh, is crazy. there any is is there anything else we need to talk about with these with the Houston Texans? They are just a dumpster fire. No, let's talk about a better team, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Thank God. Um, this team, a team that has upside. Who would have thought? Oh, I life Indianapolis. Ooh, I am. Hot and heavy for Indianapolis. It's a weird way of putting it, but sure. I think Indianapolis is going to be really good. I think Indianapolis is probably going to win the division. I can say that now. It's either going to be there or Tennessee. Well, yeah, I mean, you got... Well, you have a, a dumpster fire in Houston, and you have an, a dumpster fire with upside in Jacksonville. Dumpster fire, Houston Texans. Hey, there, there is upside though. If Urban Meyer doesn't have any uh, cardiac episodes this season, well, that's what I'm saying. With with Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, they're that's, they're terrible, but they do have upside. That's the concern, honestly. That's the concern that you know if something happens to Urban Meyer, where he's missing games because of health related issues it's just kind of like okay now now what yeah or he's just like he is like many college coaches before him and just can't adapt to the pro game that's also true because he i mean we've seen this we've seen this movie so many times before with steve spurrier and well bobby Petrino is a is a different is a different beast but I was about um, to say, Bobby Petrino is a very, very, very different situation. But Steve Spurrier definitely was, was one. But you do have your success stories, except all of them happened 20 years ago because it's Jimmy Johnson and Tom Coughlin and maybe Pete Carroll. And, and, and Barry Switzer. 
and Barry Switzer. And my guy Barry Switzer. Yeah, but don't hate all my homie Barry Switzer. Is Barry all Switzer of, all a of my system homies, coach? All of my homies love Barry Switzer. Is Barry Switzer a system coach? Like how Tom Brady is a, is a system quarterback? Stop it. <laughs> Adam, I I thought we were I thought we were done with this ridiculous statement of you saying Tom Brady is a system quarterback. Tom Brady is the fucking greatest. Yeah, okay, is Barry Switzer a system coach? A system no. head coach? No. No, he's he, he is he is the product though of a very good regime. Is that not what I just said? And Jerry Jones getting in his own way. Is that not what I just said? Partially. Anyway. Partially, but you said you said it in a uh, in a much more insulting manner. That's fair. And I don't I don't tolerate that. All my homies love Barry Spencer. <laughs> Let's talk about the Colts. Just like all my homies love Jimmy Johnson. He's great. Love him. Uh, great guy. The Colts. And this this might feel weird for you because you're going to say nice things about a former Philadelphia Eagle. And you have been for the past, you know. I can't months. hide it. I, I, I love Carson Wentz. I can't hide it. I think he's, he's out of that absolute shithole known as Philadelphia. The football team, not the city. Gr- great city. Love Philadelphia. Actually, but it is pretty nice. Hate the football team. But I love the city. Team. Big big fan of Philadelphia. And the hockey team. Wells Fargo is gorgeous. And the soccer team also. No, we don't like the Philadelphia Union. Or the basketball team either. We like the 76ers. We do? Put, I, this I way, don't. put it this way. The 76ers versus the Nets. I'm not rooting for the Nets. No. I ain't rooting for the Nets. Fuck the Nets. All my home, all my homies hate the Nets. <laughs> but yeah, Carson Carson Wentz. I love him. I have him as a top 15 quarterback. Draft him as such. So I think he, he has plenty, plenty of upside. And if you bring Zach Ertz there, it would take every fiber of my being to not have Carson Wentz as a top 12 quarterback. Every fiber of my being. I really do like it. I really do like Carson Wentz. I but for now, you. for now, keep, I'll keep him as a top 15. It really seems like you're trying to will that trade into existence. Also, the Zach Ertz to, to Indianapolis. I did it. With, I did it with Carson Wentz. Now I'm trying my uh, black voodoo magic on uh, on Zach Ertz. All right, uh, for running backs, I mean, your love your love of Jonathan Taylor is has been stated multiple times on the on this show. Yep, top six running back, draft him as such. And I mean, can't say you, that enough. Yeah, and to that effect. I mean, Marlon Mack is still here, surprisingly. Not concerned. I think anybody anybody who's super concerned about Marlon Mack or even Naeem Hines to a certain extent, uh, that's just even better in terms of getting Jonathan Taylor at a very great price. It's true. I mean, I, I agree. I just think it's worth mentioning because I'm sure people are going, people are going to think that where they're like, well, I don't know if Frank Reich necessarily i don't know i don't know if frank reich necessarily wants jonathan taylor to just carry the load by himself well i think he's good enough to i think we saw at the end of the year that indy started giving him the ball more consistently in higher leverage situations and that 
definitely, definitely helped him in terms of just getting his footing. I mean, I, I, it's not going to change anything. I think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in this backfield and talent shows at the end of the day. And he'll get he'll get the work that's required to make him, at the very least, uh, a top 12 running back. All right. And then for the receivers, uh, T.Y. Hilton is back. Yeah, he's a top 40 receiver for me. But the real guys here are – well, the real guy here is Michael Pittman Jr., yeah, I love, I love Michael Pittman. I loved him last year. I drafted him last year. Didn't work out, but I think year two, especially in, in keeper and, and dynasty leagues, you know, if he's available, pick him up. Pick him up, please. And in, in keeper leagues, draft him late. Save a receiver spot, draft him, and just hold on and wait for the unbelievable return you're going to get out of Michael Pittman because I think he's going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree. What What do you feel about the tight ends, though? Please, God, have it be Zach Gertz. Fair enough. I'm not drafting more Ali Cox or Jack Doyle. Please, God, have mercy. Please have it be Zach Gertz. Please, 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 please have it be Zach Gertz. I really do hope so. All of my homies... Love Zach Ertz to the Indianapolis Colts. There you go. All right, moving swiftly onwards to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it this team, it, it's a wild card. Not like a playoff wild card, but like a wild card where you don't really know what this team's going to be. This is an interesting team to to talk about because there, there are a lot of moving parts yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of different things that could happen with this with this football team a lot of ins a lot of outs a lot, a lot of, of ups a lot of downs a lot of facets um i mean the fr- the main thing you, know, you got to start with a quarterback because obviously is it obvious that it's oh, going to be Trevor it's, Lawrence. It's the worst kept secret of all time. Oh, but everybody is so wowed by Justin Fields is his, uh, his workout, his combine workout. Everybody's so wowed, just like they were about Zach Wilson's workout. And it's almost yep. like the entire sports media world, including us, sometimes have the attention span of magpies. Stroke. <laughs> It is true. No, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. Um, and I would say to anybody who's interested in drafting Trevor Lawrence, let somebody else do it. I have. I don't have Trevor Lawrence as a top 20 quarterback. Do not I, draft Trevor Lawrence unless you're in keeper or, of course, dynasty leagues. I agree. Rookie drafts, Trevor Lawrence will be one of the top four picks coming off the board. I wouldn't be surprised if in some, in some rookie drafts he's not the number one pick. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I agree. I mean, I think that you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence who you you know that he's going to have it's, – it's not going to be perfect for the entire season. It's rare that that happens. Even Peyton Manning went 3-13 and his rookie season. Yep. And so you know that Trevor Lawrence is going to just be – he's going to have his ups. He's going to have his ups. He's going to have his downs. 
like you said, in dynasty, he's going to be drafted, of course. But I think I'd rather wait until either next year or a trade deadline, or even if somebody you're in a, you're in a very shallow league to the point where Trevor Lawrence is on waivers and then like, he's really good and you can pick him up off of waivers. I would wait until I know more about how he is as an NFL player. I mean, look, if Trevor Lawrence is there in like the 14th, 15th round of your drafts, then yes, of course, take him as your second quarterback. So you can say, Oh, I have Trevor Lawrence see how he does, but you not, you're not going to start him. You're not going to start him until you have an idea of what he is. You want to have a better plan in front of him. Keeper and dynasty leagues, you're, you're going to be spending that pick on Trevor Lawrence and, and probably benching him the majority of the year, but waiting and seeing what he turns out to be. You know, I, I, I have... In my keeper league, I'm thinking I'm going to keep DK Metcalf and Aaron Rodgers, and one of my primary targets in late rounds is Trevor Lawrence. Just so I can have him on my bench, know that I'm going to start Aaron Rodgers every single week, but watch Trevor Lawrence do his thing and see what I have there. And if he shows that he's good enough and that he has some sort of substantial value, I either keep him and he becomes my quarterback for the future or I trade him in a package to the deadline for someone that can help me win a championship. Well, there you go. It's the name of the game. That is the name of the game. The one other position, I think with receiver and maybe with tight end, I think it's pretty, pretty set where we kind of know what's going on, where DJ Chark is going to be the guy at receiver I don't know if they're going to draft a tight end or bring in they somebody else. They need to. I mean, Desperately. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't go into a season with Chris Mernertz as my tight end. No, thank as you. As my starting tight end. Well, what about what about our our favorite tight end, the tight end nice on Fantasy Pros, James O'Shag Hennessy. Is he still the tight end nice? I wonder. Let me just let me just check and see who the new one, who the new hotness is. The new the new hotness. It's Bryson Hopkins. It's Bryson Hopkins. Yuck. Of the LA Rams. Well, he's a star. Uh, I believe that James Oshai Kennedy has fallen off the precipice. That is just terrible news. Because I don't see him anywhere. That is terrible news. Maybe, Maybe Kyle Pitts. Maybe if Jacksonville wants to just sell the farm to trade back up. They would say they take Kyle Pitts. That would be really interesting. Oh my god! Can you imagine Pitts with Trevor Lawrence? Oof. Sheesh. I mean, we're all fantasizing about, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. But yeah, that so would at, be at one point. That was the Jets fans' wet dream. That would be fun. Speak of the Clemson Jets or the New York Tigers. The New York Tigers. Listen, the one time the Jets drafted a Clemson quarterback didn't work. So I don't think it's going to work. Taj Boyd. Although Taj, Taj Boyd, the actual system quarterback. True. True. Legitimate system quarterback. He's yes, an actual system quarterback. Yes, yeah, so I, I can get behind that one. Um, 
Did we talk about the running backs for Jackson? No, well, I was going to say that's that was my lead in. My long oh, lead in. Okay. Okay. I, I had we, no idea how we got to this point, but we know <laughs> that DJ Chark is going to be the number one receiver in Jacksonville. He's going to be very good with Trevor Lawrence. And we know that Jacksonville's probably going to draft a tight end. Um, but the running back situation is the one that kind of makes me shudder because I just don't um, know. not for lack of talent because james robinson was great last year but you just don't know if he's going to remain the guy i mean i have robinson as a top 17 guy he's my 17th running back right now i like him i mean i know they have carlos hyde there but yeah it's you don't have the sort of same you you won't have that level of confidence with robinson if you draft him because you're going to take Robinson probably in the third, fourth round. So you're saying to yourself, Oh God, I'm taking a running back from arguably the worst team in football in the third, fourth round. I know the Houston Texans are saying uh, bird, hold, hold my beer on that one, but hold my moonshine, hold my moonshine. Yes. Great beverage. <laughs> Self-incriminating, not a crime, but not anymore. Anyway, no, no, not a crime. But I will say that if you're in a bit of a bind and you're not necessarily sold about Gibson, Dobbins, Acres, Robinson should be available in that range, and I think he'll be he'll be solid there. But I don't I don't see James Robinson outperforming a third or fourth round pick if that makes sense. I don't see him outperforming his ADP by any means. I agree. He'll be, he'll just, he'll just be, he'll be solid, but then there'll be games where you're saying to yourself, yeah. And there'll be games you'll be saying to yourself, Oh, okay. He's running back for Trevor Lawrence. This is great. Well, do you think that Jacksonville would either look at Travis Etienne if he falls into the second round or Najee Harris, if he falls into the second round as well, possibly, I don't know why, considering they have this great running back. It would almost it would almost be like the whole John Elway, Denver Broncos syndrome again if they were to go and do that. You have a running back that's costing you next to nothing and was very, very good last year. And now you're going to bring in someone more expensive that's going to compete with him for touches? Like, that just – that doesn't make sense to me. I don't well, know why money Jackson would do that. But then, but, but then again, it wouldn't be. That? There wouldn't be more money. Ex- well, I mean, it would be more. Expensive. The second round pick. The second round pick would be more expensive than James Robinson. What's well, true, but not. Okay. No, I see where you're getting at. Okay. Yeah, I mean, James Robinson is going to be less expensive than unless they're drafting a running back in the seventh round. Yeah, I mean, James Robinson was undrafted, so. Yeah, same thing with Phil Lindsay, and then the Broncos spent nine million dollars on Melvin Gordon, right? Per year on Melvin Gordon, per year. But I, I agree, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But I'm just asking, do you think that they do it? It does. It doesn't make any sense to me if they if they do. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think they do. All right, more last, wishful thinking though. Yeah, last but certainly not least, the Tennessee Titans. 
Uh, we've actually made our jobs easier because we talked. Well, about we didn't talk about the the receivers, did we? Was it that DJ Chark is going to be good? You're forgetting about somebody. Marvin Jones. No, one of my favorite sleeper receivers this year. Lavisca Chenault or Lavisca Chenault. One of my favorite late round sleepers this year. Love him, love him, love him. I have him right now as a top 40 receiver, which I don't know what Fantasy Pros has him at, but I can guarantee he's probably not a top 40 receiver. I absolutely love LaVisca Chanel. Absolutely love him. Uh, Take him wherever you can and watch him make money for you because he's he's going to outperform his value. I would, I will take that to the bank. Uh, Close 44. Yeah. I have him way higher than that. Uh, Bert, are you part of the expert consensus? Cause his best ranking is 31. Whoever has him at 31. That is a great American. (laughs) That is a, that is a great American. Whoever has him at 41. Does it, does it possibly say, does it say who has him at 31? It does not say. Maybe that's uh, a maybe that's a premium feature. It might be a premium feature. Hold on, let me just go to Fantasy Pros. Okay, so here we are. Thirty-one, thirty-one. Who has him at thirty-one? Who's the great person? There's a thirty-three. Nobody has him at thirty-one. Nobody listed, but thirty-three is who? Jose Ramon Yaka. Don't know. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Hmm. Dan Glaskins at wide receiver 63. Bug off. Wide receiver 63. That is just, that is disturbing. Disturbing if I do say so myself. All right. Can we move on to Tennessee now? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Tennessee. We, we made our jobs a little easier, actually. Because we, we did. Talked. We talked about Derek Henry and AJ Brown already. <laughs> <laughs> but in case you skipped to this point in the podcast because you didn't want to listen to one quick question, uh, for Which one thing, shame on you. How dare you? But for for second, we think that Derek Henry, the wheels could fall off for Derek Henry. And if you skip to this point, this point of the podcast, you also missed a great Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher impression. So maybe you should go back to one quick question and maybe you'll hear that. Yeah. So yes, Derrick Henry, we think, we think Derrick Henry is going to fall off a cliff. No, 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 no. I did not say that. I did not say that. I think that Derrick Henry is going to fall off a cliff. You are out of your mind. I do not think Derrick Henry is going to fall off a cliff. Derrick Henry will be very good. He'll be a top 10, potentially top five running back. But I just have concerns. Which are the same concerns that I say every single year when it comes to Derrick Henry. It's going to happen eventually. Yes, father time is undefeated. Yes. Well, it's going to happen. Okay, I'm not eventually. It's going to happen soon. You can't Could? just keep using Derrick Henry like this and, and expect no consequences, no immediate consequences. I mean, knock on wood, but the dude just never gets hurt. It's true. He doesn't. He's a durable monster. And, I mean, look at the other guys that you're going to be picking as top five running backs. McCaffrey coming off an injury-plagued year. Uh, Kamara was a little banged up, but 
played for the most part. Dalvin Cook, you know his injury history. Saquon Barkley coming off of a torn ACL. Ezekiel Elliott just did, didn't perform really last year. So if you're looking at the guy has the cleanest bill of health, the guy could be the safest, but the guy also with the most volatility, it's Derrick Henry. I mean, it's true. It is Who's true. the guy out of that group that's going to be most likely to put up a 40-yard 40, uh, game? It's Derrick Henry. Who's the guy that's most likely out of the group to have a 225-yard rushing day on the ground? It's Derrick Henry. Henry. Yes. It's like the Tyreek Hill for running backs, Derrick Henry. The Tyreek Hill for – well, yeah. He's very Only streaky. I like Derrick Henry more than I like Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, I'm just afraid – I'm afraid of his carries. And I keep my promises when I say that I am not going to draft Tyreek Hill. Unlike somebody who decides to take Tyreek Hill in the middle of doing a live draft show. I don't know who I could be talking about, though. I must have, I must have dreamt that. Huh? We, what? We, we didn't do a live draft show, and, and Adam didn't just go on a Tyreek Hill crusade the entire summer only that just then go ahead and draft Tyree kill in a fantasy draft. I, Adam would never do such a thing. Well, he happened to be available. Oh, it happens to be available. I see. Well, Tyree kill was available for me. I didn't take him. It's true. I just took his, his good old buddy, Waddy Pousy, Wowsy, Travis Kelsey. Well, like I was saying, I'm just afraid that his use, that his volume while good in the short term is going to catch up to him. And, it's just, and he might, and the wheels might fall off. That that's my concern. I'm okay. Let me just, I'll I'll backtrack and say that I don't think he's gonna fall off a cliff. But I just think it it's it's worth monitoring as the years go by. It is worth monitoring that his his carries have gone up basically every single year. Fair, fair. That point I can accept. And then he might he might hit 400 carries this year. Awesome. Depending on how crazy Mike Vrabel is. Oh, we know Mike Vrabel is a crazy man. Yeah. Um, speaking, uh, well, okay, let's just talk about the the receivers. What AJ. What about what? What about Ryan Tannehill? Oh, Mr. Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill? Fine, let's talk I about Ryan. Him. Okay. I love Mr. Tannehill. Let's talk about Ryan Tannehill then. Love him. Great guy. So, uh, like we we've been saying, like for the entire offseason, Ryan Tannehill is a great underrated quarterback option. Yep, yep. He's a guy that is going to be available late in drafts again. If you're looking for someone that's going to have a very very solid floor and it's going to give you the occasional upside with the rushing touchdowns, Ryan Tannehill is not getting any better. I mean, he's just, he's going to be very very good, and he's just going to outperform his ADP because he's not someone that is attractive to a lot of people. But you, you pick him. And he's going to be very, very, very safe. So, yeah, Tannehill, Tannehill's a good shout in terms of a guy that can outperform where he'll, where he'll be drafted. What well, do you think that he's going to have? He's going to, do you think he's going to start slow or okay? Do you think that his offense is going to be is going to be any different now that Arthur Smith has has left to be the the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? For sure, for sure, it's going to be different. It's going to be completely different. But I think at the same time, I think the concepts are going to be somewhat similar. I don't think that uh, the offense is going to change all too much. But I think it's more than just Arthur Smith leaving. I think it's more there's no Corey Davis anymore. There's no Johnny Smith. 
there is a definite downgrade in terms of offensive weapons outside of the two main guys that he has with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. So you need to get other guys in there to help offset those those losses. Um, but with that being said, Tannehill, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to be a very, very consistent passer. Like I said, he's going to give you the occasional rushing touchdown or two. And I think he'll be just fine. So I wouldn't be too concerned about going and drafting Ryan Tannehill. I think I think I think he's going to I think he's going to be excellent. All right. Now we can talk about the receivers. Yes. Now we can talk about AJ Brown. We talked about AJ Brown before. I talked about AJ Brown before, where he is going to be getting a lot more attention now that he's the number one receiver, undisputed number one receiver in the Tennessee Titans offense. Yeah. And it might, it might be, I mean, it's going to be a more challenging year for him, certainly, because not only is he going to be the number one receiver, he's going to get a lot more double, double teams. He is going to be learning a new offense as well. And also, the, the injuries have, have been kind of an issue, especially last year. Yeah, they have been. They've definitely been a little bit of an issue. But when A.J. Brown plays, he's just really freaking good. He's really freaking good. Uh, you're going to draft him as a top 12 receiver, and I think he'll be he'll be fine, but there is definitely concern with uh, with him seeing more uh, double teams, with especially they're not being a true number two weapon in this offense. But then there's the other side, and that's Josh Reynolds. Signing with the Titans, he saw a career-high 81 targets last year with the Rams. He There's just no real option right now in this passing game outside of A.J. Brown. So if you're going to tell me that Josh Reynolds has a chance to be the week one wide receiver two in this offense, I think Josh Reynolds has some really, really, really good late round upside as someone that could be really solid in 12, 14 team leagues. I agree. That's a signing that really flew under the radar for a lot of people. Very much so. Very much so. It's not, it's not going to grab headlines or anything like that, but it's a really good, smart signing by Tennessee. Now it just depends. Does Josh Reynolds keep his spot as the number two receiver, or do they draft somebody? Right. I mean, that's that's the big thing. Who knows who's going to be there uh, when the when the Titans pick? So so we'll have to see. We will have to see. Yes. All right. Uh, now we can move on to tight ends. And really, it's tight end. Singular. Because it's Anthony Ferkser. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to tell me that he might open up as the number one tight end on the on the Jeff chart, I could like him with a little bit of upside. Yeah. I mean, he filled in pretty admirably when John Smith was injured for the true. extended period of time that he was injured last year. Very true. Um, I guess admirably enough that Tennessee was comfortable letting John Smith walk in free agency. Yes. They so, were comfortable enough to do it. Yeah. Maybe they're seeing something with uh that we're not seeing. And um, that could mean something pretty good for him. Also, I mean, Michael Pruitt, uh, he did, he was pretty solid. Also when both Janu and Anthony Ferkser were, were injured. I think he caught, what did he catch, like two touchdowns against Cleveland? Yep. 
when yeah. everyone when everyone started Anthony Ferkser and was Michael Pruitt that uh, got all the touchdowns. How could yeah. I forget that? How? <laughs> yeah, I that was a fun day at work. That sucked. Where I had to hear the uh, radio play-by-play guy for the Titans break my headphones every time the Titans scored a touchdown. <laughs> anyway, so that so that's it for the AFC South. Yay. Next week, uh, we're going to talk about the NFC South. Fuck. That's a great division. Fuck. That's a great division. Gonna, we're going to talk about Jameis. I'm going to call out sick that day. Jameis. Can you get Jake to uh, to fill in for me? Don't worry, buddy. He'll be streaming for me very, very, very soon. I'm pu- I'm putting in I'm putting in a PTA request for standing on the corner, Jameis Winston, New Orleans, Louisiana. Such a fine sight to see. It's another score, my lord. Put it on the scoreboard. Oh wait, it's an INT. I thought you were gonna say it's for the other team. That would have been way funnier. <laughs> but wait, it's for the other team. Getting risky, like he's drinking whiskey. Oh wait, it's just Jameis. He's getting frisky. Until we talk about, or maybe not me. I might. I might actually call out sick that day. Um, no, you, you're not allowed. No sick days. Until we talk, until we talk about the NFC South next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes, not only the Fantasy Show, but every show under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye bye. <laughs>